Well, friends, we're back and we're well into the aftermath of the Jorge Polanco trade. And other things are going on as well. We need to talk about after the dust has settled, where the Twins go from here. And also a huge trade in Major League Baseball that might make you wonder if the Twins could have matched or perhaps exceeded the return. This is Locked on Twins. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up? What's happening? It's Locked on Twins, and I'm your host, Brandon Warren. You can unfollow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. And back at it again with Mr. Dave Brown at Answer Dave Brown on Twitter. Dave, how are we doing? Hi, Brandon. It appears that other teams can make big trades, too. I don't even know if two is apt. It's They can, but maybe the Twins can't. But I digress. Uh, no, you're right. Uh, we did see a big trade in the MLB landscape actually just recently, uh, last few hours coming down the pipe. So we will break that down because it was, if you haven't heard yet, a player that at least would have made a fair amount of sense for the Twins to add. Thanks, though, for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. Of course, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're also streaming on YouTube, so check us out there. A lot of nights we've been going about 11 o'clock p.m. Central for our streams. So if you want to catch them live, you're more than welcome to do that. Hang out in the chat. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a subscribe. All that fun stuff. Uh, you know, again, we just we love to hear from you. Love for you to be active on the show. And the activity in the comments is actually a whole lot of fun because it's good for us to kind of get people talking and watching more videos. And we had some pretty good feedback on our Polanco episode. And uh, also, Dave, you wrote an article for Access Twins about the fallout of the Polanco trade. Um, give us an elevator pitch so people will go read it because it's uh, free and available for everyone to read, accesstwins.substack.com. Yeah, it's a, it's a number of words, uh, maybe more than you'd like, but uh, just kind of breaking down the little parts of the trade individually and uh, uh, kind of where uh, the twins might go from here, uh, where, you know, why it was a good idea maybe to, uh, to move Jorge Polanco, why they chose to uh, get four parts basically for him, maybe rather than one better player, uh, you know, why they kind of cover themselves there. So it's uh, um you know, it's it's definitely pro uh, trade as far as the twins are concerned. So it's uh, if you want a little optimism for the future, I think it's a good place to to read. Yeah, for sure. By the way, today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, if you join today, you'll get two hundred dollars in bonus bets if your first bet of five dollars or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com/lockedon to get started. Also. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. So if you need Minnesota Twins talk at 4.30 in the morning, we're there for you. Not literally, but 
in some form or fashion. Uh, Locked on Sports Today, though, is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with your experts from Locked On and our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube, hit subscribe, and you'll be tuned in to the first-ever national 24-7 sports streaming channel. Dave Brown, uh, let's strip down this Corbin Burns trade to, first of all, um, what are your thoughts of it? I mean, not necessarily twins related, but there's a lot of different schools of thought as far as what an elite pitcher, pitcher, excuse me, will bring back in a trade. And sometimes with a year out, you get a better value than if it's at the deadline where teams are a little more desperate because also you can give the pitcher or player a QO qualifying offer. So there's a lot of different things to consider the twins, not the twins, the brewers got back a shortstop prospect by the name of Ortiz, I believe Joey Ortiz, a left-handed pitcher named D.L. Hall, and the 34th overall pick in the 2024 draft. I don't know when they do that anymore. I think it's July, but they've been moving it around. Um, initial thoughts on that, Dave? Well, it's it's kind of a trade, the kind of trade that I was expecting or hoping or whatever for their sake that the, the Orioles might do last year. Um, right. You know, even though they were, uh, you know, on their way to, um, you know, a playoff spot, it seemed like maybe they could have used somebody like Corbin Burns once they got there to the playoffs. Now, I don't know if, if they had made a move like that, if their fortunes in the postseason would have been any different, but the yeah. idea here is to take, uh, what the Orioles have, you know, the best young team in the league and uh, take advantage of the situation and win some games in the playoffs and win a world series for the first time for them since 1983. So um, it's, and this certainly helps. And I don't think, you know, Hall is a, is a, is a player. They probably were going to miss this year. Uh, They were uh, using him in relief. He might still be a starter long-term, it's possible the Brewers might be interested in, in putting him back in the rotation, but um, you know it's it's one of those things where they're going to pay fifteen or sixteen million for Burns for this year, and then uh, maybe losing the free agency with with the ownership change in Baltimore. You you know there's a possibility of an extension and yeah. with Burns that maybe there wasn't before. So you know we'll see what happens long term. But the the Orioles are in a position to go for it now. And this helps them do that. And they're not a Bally sports team. I think they're a Masson team. So it's not as much affected by that. Also too, with all those young offensive players, they're all in their pre-arb days for the most part. So you can pay a guy like Corbin Burns, if you feel like it, or if you feel like going out and pairing him up with Blake Snell, you can do that as well. I, I look at this Orioles team, Dave, and I think of the Blue Jays, like maybe five or six years ago, where, when Bo Bichette was really young and Vlad Jr. And then they were, you know, still had hope for Cabin Biggio and a few other guys. I feel like they're the Blue Jays like five years ago, but scarier. Is that a pretty fair assessment? Yeah, I think they're uh, they're definitely scarier. They just have waves and waves of uh, prospects and young players who are, even with this move, you know, uh, how would you characterize the Orioles farm system? Well, it's even they, they, they can make a trade like this and there's still a big gap between the next best one. Um, they're just really good. They're really deep. Um, 
and uh, you know th- these guys aren't close to their best right. prospects. You know, Hall was considered a couple years ago, maybe uh, maybe almost as good as Grayson Rodriguez, but um, you know they're uh, they they have so much depth that it really doesn't make any sense for them to keep all of it. You know, mm-hmm. even from that standpoint, if you wanted to hoard it. So, um, you know, Burns is a guy that uh, can turn what they have into something greater. So it, it just made a lot of sense for them to do this. Yeah, Orioles didn't have to move Kobe Mayo. They didn't have to move Heston Churstead and a few other prospects. I mean, obviously, these guys are both well-regarded. Uh, let's shift gears to the Brewers for a second. And I promise we'll bring this full circle to the Twins. So if you're a Twins fan wondering where we're going with this, I promise we'll bring it to the twins, but the Brewers to me send mixed signals. You flip Burns, but you sign Reese Hoskins. Now there's a rumor that they're interested in possibly entertaining trading Devin Williams. Um, you know, they traded Josh Hader, so they're not really worried about um, alienating relievers. Um, either the the relievers who do the alienating, like Josh Hader, uh, remember his uh, tweets from the All Star break a couple of years ago. Um, and then those bubbled up. So either way, I guess I'm getting off track here. What do you make of the Brewers making a move like this? I think what happened was they painted themselves into a corner with their financial reputation, and the rest of the league kind of waited them out to the point where they didn't get some of the big-time guys from the Orioles who may be on the table for Dylan Cease instead. It does seem, uh, if there's one thing about the, the trade that is a little curious from the Brewers, well, there's more than one thing, I guess, that's curious. Um, yeah. you know, they, they they won the NL Central last year. It was a bit of a, I don't want to say by default, but it was, uh, you know, the Cubs were better, but not good enough. And the, the Cardinals, you know, crapped out into their worst season in 30 the, years. The Reds so. are coming on. They're, they're almost someone you got to watch. The yeah. Reds, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they don't... Uh, you know they're they're not out of it by by any means based on the competition, although you'd think that moving a guy like Burns would have a a negative effect on this for them, and I kind of bet it does. Um, you know they it it wouldn't actually surprise me if the Brewers slipped into you know third place this year. Um, you know you ask where this what this has to do with the Twins, and the Twins are kind of. Uh, in a similar situation to the Orioles to a degree in mm-hmm. that, um, you know, they're, they're not, it, w- it would be kind of a, a weird move for them to uh, out of character move for them to add a player like Burns in terms of his contract, right? 16 million headed to free agency, you know, um, but they, you know, they, they did it a little bit last year with, with Sonny Gray. And um, this is a, maybe a little bit more extreme, um, so, and the Orioles are a team that, you know, if we're talking about the twins getting back to the playoffs, that they're going to have to reckon with once they get there. So it makes sense for twins fans to pay attention to what the elite teams in the American league are doing, because the twins are, uh, on the verge of being one of them. So, um, it, this move affects them in a couple of different ways, just because of the kind of deal it is. And also, you know having to beat the Orioles in the postseason if they have to. Well, we'll bring it full circle, but it's nice to have you on board for that national perspective, or at the very least a non-local perspective, because it does allow us to 
branch out to twins adjacent topics as opposed to just talking about the twins. Let's do a uh, quick word from eBay Motors. And then when we come back, we'll bring this full circle with how the twins are affected and how they can't stop adding at this point. It's it's too soon to stop adding. So uh, two weeks until the twins report. And they've got a lot of work to do. But first, again, like I said, a word from eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience are what bring home the winning trophy. And they're also what keep your ride alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts, and I can't believe that's a real number, for your number one ride, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, and of course, eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to customers of the United States. All right, swinging back through here. Um, you know, you mentioned Sonny Gray for a second. I think you did anyway. Um, and we'll, we'll come back to the Brewers here in a second. Almost feels like Sonny Gray signing as early as he did ended up being a really smart move. Yeah, there were a bunch of moves. You remember how this offseason went? There were several moves when uh, everything started. And yeah. it was like, wow, we're going to have, looks like we're going to have some spending going on. And, you know, for a few players, that certainly turned out to be true. But other players who are sort of like Sonny Gray are still yeah. uh, hanging out and waiting to uh, to get paid. So it was uh, it was pretty prescient on his part to, to read the market and, you know, maybe go to a place that he wanted to. Midwest-ish kind of a place uh, that he's familiar with. And um, yeah, uh, it, it, it turned out to be, it, it's not going to cost him any, it doesn't seem like it's going to cost him any money. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, it's just, it's a curious time of the off season because there are still some pretty good players out there. And there's a glut of, for instance, twins looking at right-handed hitting position players and, there's no fewer than probably eight or 10 who would make sense. So how do you find the right fit for the right cost? Which uh, again, we'll get to that too in just a second. Now, if we were to do a comparison, and these are tricky because all farm systems are different, but I feel like a comparison for this trade would be like if the twins traded, um, I had it written down and I can't remember. I know I had for the pitching prospect, uh, Festa, David Festa, for the infield prospect, I believe I had Gabriel Gonzalez as an outfielder, but similar level, a 55-grade uh, prospect. And the Twins do not have a pick they can trade, whereas the 34th pick overall is going back to Milwaukee. So I would just say, you know, Charlie Soto, who the Twins took around there in last year's draft. So would you make that trade? I think the prospect huggers would have an actual conniption if you traded those three guys for a one-year rental in Corbin Burns. But I think as far as value goes, it probably would have made sense. Um, do you think the Twins got very far down that path or even really thought about it? 
Or do you think there were some rumors that they had gotten in on uh, Dylan Cease, which would have been weird because it's in the same division. And I think Burns might have been the other one they asked about. Uh, so I wonder like, if they just decided they didn't want to match this price or what exactly happened. I think the, the one factor that makes it a little bit uh, apples and oranges or not applicable or whatever is just how deep the Orioles are and how little it bothers their farm system ranking. Uh, their depth to do a, a move like this. This it, uh, uh, a similar move for the Twins would sting uh, probably a lot more than yeah. than it, it did for uh, the Orioles. So that's kind of the one factor where uh, you know, yeah, maybe the the Twins are going to be able to add a player like Burns, and I think they they certainly could use him um, down the road. Maybe not getting to the playoffs, but for after. Um, <laughs> But it, it's going to be costlier in terms of uh, it's, it's going to take a chunk out of their depth that yeah the, the Orioles can weather better than anybody else. Yeah, no, I think that's that's a really good point. the The point that I wanted to drive home though with this episode is while you and I both were like okay with the value the Twins got back, you know, Desclafani, you stated a couple times could be very very good or might be a non factor, and the Twins aren't going to pay him very much money, so. They can, they can do what they need to do with him. He doesn't have to be in the rotation for that trade to have been made. With that said, they have to keep pushing in at least two different aspects. Now, I still believe fervently that they need a number two starter, and we can come back to that. But the right-handed hitting marketplace right now is still, in my estimation, flush with hitters. Um, Aaron Gleeman of the athletic had an article that came out today and it was basically, you can just about bet the twins will sign at least one of these guys and two names that popped up, Jorge Soler, JD Martinez, Adam Duvall, Tommy Pham, Randall Gritchick, and Garrett Cooper. Now to me, the very obviously cheapest one of them would be Garrett Cooper. And so my, my tendency is to think that he might be the guy. Um, Duvall, we've talked about a lot. I, I actually didn't realize he won a gold glove recently in the outfield. Um, not as a center fielder, but nevertheless, uh, all these guys carry a different level of interest to me. And at the same time too, like JD Martinez is at an age where he's going year to year that ap appeals to the twins. Solaire, Solaire's the one that everybody wants, but I just don't see a fit here because he's going to want to get at least the 13 million he turned down on an option in probably more than one year. So when you look at that, um, Duvall and Cooper kind of stand out to me. Where do you stand on some of these right-handed bats? I, and I should add, I would also welcome back Donovan Solano uh, if that was to be a first base slash move around the infield kind of role too. I would, I, I think I would describe all of them as kind of imperfect solutions. Uh, they have some, uh, pluses and you know i don't know how well any of them fit necessarily given what kind of results you know we can expect from them i think uh you know solaire um i think is probably the best option offensively among these players although yep. you know, tommy fam had a really nice year last year too well jd uh, martinez offensively he's not going to hurt you defensively because yeah. you won't even bother trying him out there no, that, that's true. Uh, yeah, I would. Martinez is still a better hitter at this point, but not really somebody that you can put 
anywhere on defense. Although I think I he's dealing with a back thing too. What's that? I think he's dealing with a back thing too. There was some talk yeah. online about, um, you know, 30, late thirties DH with a iffy back is, is risky. You know, Cooper checks some boxes, but isn't a, a terribly explosive offensive player. Yeah. Um, and I think you could put him at first base. I don't know if you could actually put him in the outfield or not uh, very well. So all of these, you know, solutions uh, are kind of, um, I, I don't, I don't know if they're half measures, but you're not getting, you know, um, complete players at this point. So there, there's kind of baggage with all of them. So I'm not, I'm actually not terribly excited about any of the possibilities just because I think, like you said, there's a glut of them. They'll be able to get somebody relatively inexpensively, but uh, you know, Solaire would be, that's a guy you could maybe play a, a bunch of games in left field at DH and, and, uh, and not have to worry too much. But like you said, you know, at this point in his career, after taking a bunch of one year deals, basically he's probably at, at first going to be want, wanting to look at multiple years. And I don't know if the twins are down for that, but maybe uh Solaire could be like a Nelson Cruz kind of a acquisition mm-hmm. with some upside there. I, you know, I think that's, if you want to get, uh, get yourself revved up, I think that's a comparison you could make. Well, they were neck and neck for home runs heading into, I think that final weekend in uh, at Kauffman stadium when the twins actually sealed the deal on the all time home run record. So, yeah. um, it's easy to forget how good he was because he's had a, a couple of hiccups since then. Uh, did win the World Series, though, with the Braves, if I'm not mistaken. He and Eddie Rosario were their big trade acquisitions at the at the deadline that year. And I think, Jose, I think Soler, Jorge Soler was the MVP of that World Series, I think. If he wasn't, it's possible Rosario was because they both were so pivotal to that team. So, yeah, yeah I they each are kind of nah, not, not that exciting. But for the unique needs the Twins have, um, any one of them could fit. And again, too, Donovan Solano might just be my my favorite of those. If he's not going to play the outfield, if you, if you can get somebody who's not going to play the outfield and, and make a fit, um, you know, he signed a very reasonable deal last year, had a pretty nice year, and seems to be someone who really fit with the club uh, as term, in terms of clubhouse and whatnot. Uh, let's take a quick second, talk about our friends at FanDuel. We'll come back. We'll put a bow on this with some chatter about the Twins needing still, in my estimation, and I suspect yours, to add another pitcher. But first, again, like I said, a word from FanDuel. All right, Super Bowl is upon us, and it's uh, time to celebrate with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And if you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about finding the best spot in the living room, finding the best food on the spread. And uh, speaking of spread, you can place some super bets as well. And it's not just bets like who's going to win and who's going to lose. There's some props, first touchdown, most touchdowns, most points. I mean, you name it, they have it. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. And again, not only can you bet who will win Super Bowl 58, but there's props on players who will score a touchdown, uh, how many points will be scored. Again, like I said, you got to check it out for yourself because whatever you want to do, most likely it's available. New customers joining today will get $200 in bonus bets with their first bet of $5 or more, assuming it wins. Uh, just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. You can make every moment more with FanDuel, 
an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Dave, we are coming down the home stretch here. And um, the fact that we talked about Corbin Burns and the fact that a lot of people are talking about if the Twins could have acquired Corbin Burns suggests to me that we're all in agreement the Twins need to add one more good starter. Now, there might be a case for waiting until the break or the deadline, but I think you just pull the Band-Aid off. You get a player with multiple years of control. I keep coming back to Jesus Lizardo. Make the offer that they can't refuse. At least then you've got multiple years of control. If Corbin Burns were to, you know, knock on wood, God forbid, blow out his elbow, um, you know, that could really be a painful trade for the Orioles. But if you trade for a guy like Lizardo, you get multiple years of control and the risk is somewhat mitigated. Um, with that said, though, I think you have to be in agreement they need one more starter, right? Yeah, one more really good starter. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know about going out and getting another, you know, a fourth or fifth guy, but someone that toward the top of the rotation for sure. Um, and you know, with Lazardo and with uh, Cease, it's just a little different because their salaries are lower and their yeah. control is uh, team control is more. It's going to be a little bit more costly. But you know, you can. Also, you, you're guaranteed of having that guy beyond the, the one season, so your window's a little wider. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I still think that the Twins need to do another kind of trade that they did last year when uh, they went for Pablo Lopez uh, and somebody like that. It, it might not be someone who was an obvious ace like Burns, but somebody who was kind of on the verge of that, like with Pablo. So, uh, and, and maybe Lazardo is a guy like that as well. And Cease in previous years has had uh, more luck. Maybe, you know, the White Sox can be uh, leveraged a little bit with, uh, you know, with the, the Orioles seemed like they were the ones who were going to get Cease. That was the talk in the White Sox mm -hmm. camp. Yep. So uh, maybe Chris Getz will be a little more uh, desperate and willing to make some kind of trade. But like you said, um, it's weird for the Twins and the White Sox to deal since they're in the same division. So not sure if that's going to happen either. Yeah, the last trade between them that I can remember is the Liriano trade for Pedro Hernandez. And uh, do you remember who else is in that trade? I'll give you it's a hint. Train in that deal. I'll give you a hint. You've advocated for the Twins to sign them this offseason. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, everyone's Paul in my Power. head. Right? Eduardo Escobar. Oh, right. What a trade. I didn't think Escobar was ever going to be anything more than a utility guy. And I said that, I said to Terry Ryan, do, how do you like how he's coming along as utility guy? And he goes, Brandon, he's going to be an everyday player in this league. And this was in like 2014 or 15. He had a down year. And I was like, wow, okay. And then, you know, a couple of years later, he has a really nice year for the Twins. And then he's off to the Diamondbacks and all that. And he's turned into quite a player. And again, another one that I wouldn't mind seeing wear the Twins uniform again. But um, Terry Ryan knew it before it was cool to like Eduardo Escobar. Exactly. Well, and one of my all-time favorite personalities in the clubhouse. So if they brought him back, I think that would be good for the vibes. Although most of the players he played with are gone at this point. It's been six years. So it would be um, yeah, maybe grasping at straws. But uh, as far as – do you think Lazardo is too close to that really good cusp? Like does Edward Ed, – Edward, I'm getting Edward Julian on my brain. Uh, does Edward Cabrera scratch that itch for you at all? Um, you know, I know Yuri Perez is probably out of reach and for good reason. Yeah. But how, 
about Cabrera? Is he is he on? I that? would I would trust that Lazardo is is. I would feel more confident in Lazardo, you know, bearing that kind of fruit than I would Cabrera at this point. Cabrera still seems a little bit like a, a project in comparison. I think uh, I don't know if Cabrera has more upside than Lazardo, but I can. I, I feel like Lazardo is closer to reaching his upside than Cabrera. So. Um, you know, I, I, it's an important move for the twins. I think they have to get it right. You know, it's, uh, I think they can, um, sort of take the, the four players that they got for Polanco, you know, some of them will probably work out. Some of them won't. It's not that big a deal. If all of them don't this other trade that we're talking about for a number two starter, um, that they have to hit on it. And they got to be sure uh, that whatever resources they give up aren't in vain. Um, so they got to be sure about who they're getting back. Do you think they're going to do it? You know, like we're we're talking about that they need to. But do you think they go into camp and into the regular season with the group they have? Because I. I've, every year we have fans say, oh, they're done. They're not going to add any more. And then one year they did Logan Morrison and Lance Lynn and Marwin Gonzalez. Like one was uh, Jake Odorizzi. You know, they, they've not been afraid. Do- Donovan Solano last year. I know they'll add at least one hitter, maybe two. Doogie Wolfson, friend of the show, mentioned that um, on their using their savings from Jorge Polanco. Um, yeah, I think it'll be something like that, really, uh, if we're talking about moves before. I mean, I mean, will they add a pitcher? We both can agree that they're going to get at least one hitter, maybe two. Yeah. Will they add a pitcher? Uh, I don't think it'll be anybody. I mean, it might be somebody on the Josh Stalmont level. I, I don't see them necessarily doing anything else until the season shakes out and we see where they're at in June, uh, you know, before the, the, the deadline comes. So I think the next really huge move for the Twins is going to come then as opposed to in the next month or six weeks. Would you do a similar trade like they did for Tyler Malley to get Edward Cabrera? Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, I want to see – now we're talking about, well, let's see where De Sclafani is in his – you know, after coming uh, – after being dormant for a while and where um, Louis Varland is and ramping up. And what's Paddock up to? And, you know, there, there's still some evaluation to go on here, uh, not necessarily on results, but just how those sorts of guys look when they hit Fort Myers. I think that's kind of another factor here that might delay, uh, you know, huge, super huge moves like we're kind of wanting them to make it. We're going to see how the, the guys that they have look in the early days of spring training. Refresh my memory. What did you say about Michael Lorenzen? Um, hmm. As the twins showed interest in him before, Morosi said that. Yeah, that he's doesn't. He's too similar. I mean, to what they have that's the kind of guy you know. If, if you go to camp and uh, Di Stefani's got a sore elbow, or you know, uh, if a couple guys are are. Uh, delayed and or they have setbacks yeah. or you know bad things happen knock on wood that they don't then that's one thing but I, I don't think he moves the needle for me other than that 
Yeah, you maybe give them one year, eight million with incentives if yeah. you get somebody's elbow barking in Fort Myers. But uh, right. yeah, well, hey, thanks for the fun chat. We'll be back, I'm sure, tomorrow to discuss, hopefully, the Twins doing something. Uh, someone asked me if the Twins would make a move today. I said, we're running out of time. So just like this show, we're running out of time. Thanks for hanging out with Locked On Twins, and we'll see you tomorrow night.